My name is Brian. I'm the lead pastor at Northern Hills. It's good to have everybody in the room on Labor Day weekend. You get bonus points today. You get double points. For those of you guys online at your mountain houses in your RVs, we love you. We're a little bitter you didn't invite us, but we're so glad you're joining us online. But really, it is good to have everybody here, especially if you're new. Just so glad to have you joining us for church today. I'm wondering, do you remember as a kid some of the first dreams you kind of had of what you wanted to do like when you grew up or something? I remember the first dream I ever had was I wanted to be a professional snowboarder. Right, that, that was the dream, okay? I remember snowboarding was like going into the Olympics. I had all the posters on the wall. And as you can tell, I'm standing before you today with a dream that did not come true, all right? Truly. But I got a little bit more realistic. Actually, it was just as unrealistic. Then I wanted to be a professional drummer. That was the dream, all right? And that didn't quite pan out either because the only drumming opportunities I get now are to drum at our church every four to six weeks when Solon lets me. But I warn him. I say, Solon, you got to be careful. You got to be careful, Solon. Because you never know when that world-famous producer is going to be out here in the church and they're going to see me drum and I'm getting invited on tour with some band. Just be careful. I asked my daughter, my three-year-old daughter, I said, what do you want to be when you grow up, Bryn? And she said, a unicorn. So pray, pray for my kids. We're still working on that. We got, we got a lot of work to do. It's fun to dream sometimes. I bet some of us in this room, you got some dreams. Maybe some of us are just dreaming of retirement one day. You just don't got to punch the clock anymore. Maybe even early retirement. Maybe you got that dream of finding that spouse. It's going to come one day. The dream is just there. Maybe a dream job. Maybe you just want to start your own business one day. You want to take that step of faith. And the amazing things about dreams is there's really no limits to them. You can dream all you want. And actually, sometimes they even become reality. And you may never have thought about it in this angle before, but if you actually read through the Bible you see that God actually has dreams for people. Like he has hopes and plans that he wants to see come about in our lives, sometimes entire communities, even entire nations. There's things God wants to see become a reality for us. And today, today's a special day, everybody. All right, I want you to clap like you actually know what this is and you're excited about it. Today is Vision Sunday. We're excited about that. Let's just, let's just pretend. Yeah, let's be excited about it. Why not? Thank you for the golf clap. Now, I, I, know I, I, I know I kind of primed you for that one, all right? But one thing we want to do as a church is periodically take a moment to almost just take a pit stop as a church and celebrate everything that God has been doing in this community in this recent season, but also take some time to dream and talk about what we feel God's stirring in this church and in this community and what he may even be stirring in your own life and what this could look like for you and what might even happen if we take some bold steps of faith to see these dreams become a reality. So today, I want to talk about the type of church we believe God is dreaming up for us and where he's leading us and what this might even look like as we step forward. So let's dig in. We're going to have some fun today, guys. This isn't going to be like my typical sermons where I just yell at you for 47 minutes, make you feel bad about yourselves. I heard that little woo, okay? We'll do that next week. All right, we'll be back for that next week. Today, we're, we're going to have some fun today. Just celebrate some of the things God's doing. It's going to be awesome, all right? So here's what we believe God is dreaming up for us. We believe we're dreaming to be a church that raises up the next generation. Now, in the last, yes, yes. I like second service. Y'all rowdy. Bring it. Help me preach this thing. I like it. Bring it all you want. About a few weeks ago, I was hanging out with a group of people. It was actually in our church. And two of the people in this group were younger folk, okay? Now, at this particular moment, they were on their phones, being totally antisocial and not engaging with this group. And the first thing that starts going through my mind, which is now starting to show my age, I'm like, 
these young whippersnappers, they don't know how to engage. They don't know how to look people in the eye. What is going to happen to this world when they start running things? This world's all going to fall apart. All right. I was the old curmudgeon in the group. Now we got to have an honest moment here. This is how a lot of us feel sometimes. We look at the younger generations coming up behind us and we love the ones we have to because they have the same last name as us. And then we complain about all of the other ones. Now, Northern Hills, I really believe we are called to be a church that does not just tolerate the kids and students in our church. That we just provide a children's and student ministry to give us free daycare so we can do the real conversations in this room. We actually have a conviction This is a belief we hold so strongly that raising kids up to know Jesus and live in the power and presence of God is the greatest kingdom investment we could possibly make. We really believe that. And and here's, here's the deal. We believe kids really are the greatest mission field on planet earth. It's the most strategic investment we can make because it's an investment that will pay dividends for generations. This is not just important to us as a church. This is baked into our DNA. Like we bleed this stuff. And Paul was a writer in the New Testament. He wrote a letter to a young guy named Timothy at one point. He says this in 1 Timothy 4.12. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. What I love about this, Paul could have easily told Timothy, hey, here's the thing. You got to spend a couple more Thanksgivings at the kiddie table, okay? But maybe one day you can come hang out with the grown-ups and be a part of this thing. He says, I want you to set the bar for what it looks like to live for Jesus. For everybody around you, don't you dare let your age hold you back. We have a responsibility, everybody, to call the young people in our community up to a higher standard, that they can live out in their schools, in their friend groups, in the universities and workplaces God calls them to. That is something we are called to. And here's my prayer. I know this might sound a little bit idealistic. I actually hope we get to a point as a church where you actually can't look down on the kids from our church because they are setting such a high bar for everyone else around them. My prayer, my prayer is that we would raise up some of the greatest Christian leaders this world has ever seen. That's my prayer. That our church would be a hub for equipping and raising up young people to transform the culture wherever God may call them. I'm praying, everybody, that we as a church have the opportunity to raise up pastors, worship leaders, church vocational people, but not even just that. We need young people to step into business, healthcare, education, starting companies, bringing the power and presence of God to their employees, to their customers, wherever God may call them, we need to raise them up into God's purposes. That's our call. Now, it sounds so good, right? It sounds good, right? You're like, yeah, good job, pastor, all right? I'll golf clap to that. This ain't as easy as it sounds sometimes. It doesn't always come naturally. I actually had a conversation with a woman in our church recently, she had some of her kids who wanted to be baptized. And she was processing this with me. She's like, Brian, here's the thing. I know my kids believe. She's like, I have no doubt about that. But I also know there's so much they don't know. She's like, I have seen kids sometimes take these steps in their spiritual walk, and then Satan comes in and just attacks them, even from a young age. And I just don't want that to happen to my kids. 
And I'll be honest, as a parent, I can 100% understand that sentiment. You want to do everything you can to protect your kids. So I'm processing this with this woman in our church. I remember just talking to her and I'm like, man, I understand the fear. But you know what's much more terrifying than your kids being baptized? Preventing them from taking bold steps of faith and maybe even thwarting the purposes of God in their life. Because here's what I know. The favor of God from bold steps of faith is far more powerful than any attacks of the enemy. That's just the truth. And it is much better to equip our kids to step into darkness than try to hold them back and protect them, thinking we're providing security while we are actually undermining the very purposes of God. And I want to applaud this mother in our church because guess what? Two of her sons were baptized this year in our church. Amazing young men of God who are going to change this world. These are some cool kids. Now, this needs to be a part of the heartbeat of our church. This needs to be in our DNA, everybody, to raise these kids up to make a massive impact in the world. And this is why we've been talking so much these last couple months about this Hills Academy initiative. For those of you who are new, this is our effort to create a world-class early Christian learning center for kids so they can raise, be raised up academically, socially, spiritually. My prayer, I've been telling our, our director for this, I've been saying, I want schools from all over the country calling us asking, what are you guys doing at that school? Because that's just a whole nother level. I'm hoping people from all over Colorado are like, who are these young people in our state that are just so ridiculous and amazing? And then the answer is going to be, they're Hills Academy kids. Every kid that goes through that school ends up being amazing. That's just what happens at this school. Guys, we've been on this journey for four months. That's not a long time. We started talking about this in May. And I'm never going to get tired talking about all the things God's been doing for this. Pastor John, I remember the meeting. Him being so optimistic and full of faith for our church. We got 75% chance maybe to get 50 grand. We're just trying to be realistic. And in four weeks, we raised $226,000 for Hills Academy. That's a good spot to clap. That's a good spot to be excited. I'm, sorry, I'm, not, I'm never going to get bored sharing that. I just see the hand of God. And I want to take a moment. Thank you to every single person that has sacrificed for this, who's given towards this. Every penny's going towards it. You see, we're working on updating outside. We're working on updating the inside. We're bringing the staff on this week. We'll be hiring some potential teachers. This thing is going, and everybody's been asking me, Brian, when is it opening up? I want to know. Give me the tea. I want the details. And here's what I got to tell you. It'll open when it opens, all right? You'll know when it happens, all right? We'll be sure to tell you. We're going as fast as we possibly can. But I don't want this just to be a spectator thing for our church. If you call Northern Hills family, I want you to feel like you're going on this journey with us because you are. I want you to be praying for this. Man, when you drive past that playground outside, put your hand up and be like, God, give your favor on this effort. We want to see your hand. So many of you guys, you are believing in a dream that is not yet reality. This is a faith move, and I want to applaud that. We're jumping off this cliff together, everybody, seeing what God can do. That's exactly where you want to be, though. And for any of you guys, you may not even know it yet, but maybe God is calling you to step out and participate in this in some way, maybe as a teacher, a volunteer, maybe you have connections to businesses or wholesale pricing or whatever. If there's anything you think might be able to benefit the effort of getting this thing open and making it a reality, please check out nhills.org jobs. You can email Toby, our Hills Academy director, directly, and she'll get back to you. So please do any of that stuff. Because, you know, this ain't just Hills Academy that we're talking about. We are dreaming of a day when we see hundreds and hundreds of teenagers just flooding this place on a regular basis because they experience something here 
that they can't get anywhere else. They just know this is a place that is for them, and they're experiencing the very presence of God through us loving them. And even our staff the other week, we all took a huge block of time to just do work on the garage space over here in our building, because we're like, we want this place to pop for students. And we're going to make sure we put the investment in to make this space look awesome. I want you guys to know, too, we've been talking to our kids' ministry staff. We're talking about how we know kids often, they can understand and absorb so much more than we give them credit for. We sometimes set the bar so low for kids. And we're asking, how do we raise the bar even for the kids in this church? So they come to church, it's not just fun, but it is really giving them a rigorous biblical worldview so they can live out their faith effectively even from a young age. So we're re-talking curriculum. What could this look like? The spaces, how we build out these services. We want them to be fully equipped to know Jesus and live in his power. That's what we're doing. Now, you wouldn't have even noticed this either. Two weeks ago, when I was doing my cameo appearance on the drums, hoping that world-famous producer was somewhere in the church to invite me on a tour, you wouldn't have noticed this. There were seven people on the stage that Sunday. Five of them were 25 years old or younger. And what's even cooler was four of those five young people were kids that were raised up in our church. Think about that. The majority of people leading our church in worship were young kids who grew up here. I was the old fogey on the stage, in case you're wondering. I was not one of those 25 or younger people. I know you're shocked. I want that to just be a normal occurrence in our church, where we see kids and students stepping into key leadership roles, leading this church, bringing it into the future. You guys need to know that the people who are going to change the course of history are already in this church. We need to raise them up. They're here. We... So we have a collective responsibility, every single one of us. If you are part of this church, you are in kids and student ministry. You are. We have to create a potent spiritual environment for these kids to experience the power and presence of God. We need to give them real opportunities to figure out what their gifts are and how God has shaped them and how he wants to use them. And we need to create a vibrant, loving community for them to grow up into so they can have all the health and strength and power of God as they go into this world. And I'm telling you, if we will do that, we will see God use us to leave a generational impact that will change this state and the world forever. And that is not an exaggeration. We are dreaming of that. Now, we also believe God is dreaming up in our hearts of a church that goes. Now, you guys might catch a little bit of language here. If you've been here the last couple of weeks, we just finished up a series called Go. So we're playing off that a little bit about this call we all have to bring the love of Jesus and the good news to every person in our social spheres. And Jesus himself said in Mark 16, verse 15, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Now, I worked at a church at one point in my 20s, and the pastor would always say this. He said, you guys need to understand the first fire that goes out in a church is the fire for evangelism, this passion to reach people. He said, that's the first fire that dies out. And I heard another pastor once say, the most dangerous time in the church is when the rows are filled and the budget is met. Because you can get to a place as a church where you got a decent building, you got enough people in the room so it feels okay, you can have a worship team, the lights are able to stay on, and you just settle in to this spiritual complacency. And you come in, you get your spiritual fix, you go through the spiritual motions, and instead of asking, what are we doing for 
all those people out there, we start asking, what's this church doing for me? And it becomes a consumer product for us. That's the danger for any church. I actually had a phone conversation with the founding pastor of this church, Dennis Thomas, earlier this year. Anybody here back in the Dennis days? Some of you guys can remember those days. Yes, we're so thankful. He's the reason why this church is even here. We're standing on the shoulders of so many people who sacrificed for decades. And so I wanted to reach out to this guy. He's out on some boat just enjoying retirement, living the dream right now. <laughs> but I asked him, I said, Dennis, out of all the decades you served Northern Hills and built this church up, what's one thing you would have really wanted to have done differently? And I'm just thinking of all this stuff he'd probably say as a pastor. And his answer really challenged me. He said, Brian, if there was one single thing I wish I had done differently when I was at Northern Hills, he said, I would have fought so much harder for reaching people who didn't yet know Jesus. He said, I wish I fought harder for that. Let's be a church that always fights for that passion that never lets that fire go out to believe that God is going to use us to change the lives of people around us. And you guys need to know we are seeing God's faithfulness in this even right now. It's the very beginning of September. We still got four months to go in the year. This year at this point, we have had over 500 new people come into our church up to this point in September. That's really amazing. Now, that's not just 500 heads. That's just people who have filled out and taken steps with our church. So I know, I know there's hundreds more of you guys that are out there still hiding, trying to figure out if you like this church or not. We're so glad you're here. Seriously, you can hide as long as you want, but we'd love to get to know you at some point. At this point in the year, again, we've got four months to go. We have baptized 63 people, which is very exciting. 63 people have been baptized at a church. And many of those happened at the baptism bash, which was just this awesome celebration. I love that picture of Dom right there, man. He's just let it out, yeah. Now, some of you guys may not know, this actually is the most people we've baptized in a single year in the last 10 years as a church, which is very exciting. We have four months still left to go. This is exciting. God has been really faithful. And some of you, you may be in this room and you're still exploring the faith thing. You're not even sure where you stand with Jesus. Maybe you're brand new to the church. You need to know we are so glad you're here. This is our heartbeat. We want to see God change your life. And I want you to know you can be baptized too. We would love for you to jump in and take that step and just experience God's grace flowing in your life. But Northern Hills, let's not get comfortable. Let's be a church that goes. Let's keep that fire and believe that God is going to use us to reach some people we may never have even expected to experience the love of Jesus. Let's be a church that goes. We got another dream though. We are dreaming of a church that is a family full of love. Now Jesus in John 13, verse 34, he says this, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, this is a fascinating verse to me because Jesus is actually saying there are going to be ways people recognize you as a follower of me. Like th there's truly going to be ways that people are going to see that you are associated with the Christian faith. And he says nothing about face-melting, goosebump-exploding music. It's like, that's how they're going to know. You're going to show up to the Sunday services and the haze is going to wash over your face and the lights are going to blind you and the music is going to make you go deaf. That's how you're going to know. 
He doesn't say anything about the sermons. You're going to hear sermons that you're going to remember more than one day. Because I know some of you guys, you hear my sermons, they start here and they're out here by the end of Monday, all right? Which is very encouraging for me. He says nothing about awesome sermons. He doesn't say anything about cool kids' environments that your kids are just so excited to go into. No, he says, this is how people are going to know. Your love for each other. The way you treat people should be so radically countercultural that the world actually takes notice. That is what we're called to. If anybody were to ask, how do you even know that person's a Christ follower? The obvious answer should be, well, look at how they treat each other. There's nothing like that anywhere else in the world. It's totally different. And I've seen little examples of this throughout our church of the year, which has just made me proud. And I know this is a part of just the fabric that's grown in our church. No, after every service, I'll hang out at the front. I love to talk to people. If you want to come meet, get prayer, love to do it. Now, on a very rare occasion, I will actually have a short line form to talk to me. Very rare and unusual, okay? But every now and then it'll happen. At one point in time, there was a little line forming, and I saw two people waiting, you know, in this line. And I was thinking, man, I hope they're patient because this might take a minute. And then I noticed out of the corner of my eye, somebody walk up to these two people. And they start talking and exchanging. Things start getting a little bit emotional. And then I see this person in our church, they get in a little circle, they hold hands and they pray together. And beyond, by the end of this prayer, they're hugging, they're laughing, and those people left our church just smiling and never even had an exchange with me. I was so proud of that moment in our church. Because this isn't about some pastor guru on a stage doing a song and dance every week. This is about a family knowing each other, loving each other, serving each other even doing ministry for each other. I had a conversation with a woman just recently at a gathering at a person from, from this church's house. And she's like, hey, Brian, you just need to know my next door neighbor goes to Northern Hills, this family. And she's like, they've been nagging me to come to Northern Hills for all these years. And I just never wanted to go. And she's like, finally, I decided to show up this summer and just give it a try. And she's like, I pull into the parking lot she said, my hands were so sweaty. I was shaking. You guys need to know, if you've been in church for a while, it's a terrifying thing to go into a new church. It's really scary. And she's like, I almost didn't go. I just sat there in the parking lot. She's like, I finally mustered up enough courage and I decided to walk in this church. She said, you need to know, Brian. These were her words. She said, from the moment I got to that door, I was treated like family. She said, people were coming up to me showing a genuine interest, having conversations. She said, people sat next to me during the service that I didn't even know. She's like, I had never experienced just a family dynamic like that before, honestly, in any church context. And you know what was so amazing about that to me? I never even knew this lady was at the church. She never had an exchange with me. That was just our church loving on her and creating this family dynamic. I'm hoping that's just gonna be a regular occurrence in our church every single day. That's what I want people to experience, the family dynamic. That's amazing. And just so you guys know the heart, we started these things called welcome parties this year. And we as a staff would talk about, we don't want this just to be like some dry informational meeting. Because let's just be honest, you go to these membership meeting type things sometimes and it's like going to the dentist. You don't want to, but you have to, right? And we're like, let's try to make this a little bit more fun. 
And like, let's have some food and music and let people meet each other and have big Thanksgiving type style tables. And every single time we have one, we're like, how can we just make this feel more like family? We want to give people a taste of what the church is really supposed to be from the very front door. That's our hope. So every single time we're trying to push that even further. And if you truly are new to the church or you just have not been to a welcome party yet, each one, we're making better. Every single one is filled up, as Tempe said at the beginning of the message. But October 9th is the next one. And you've heard me say this many times before. Our heart as a church is not that church would be an event for you to attend. We want it to be a family for you to belong to. That's what we want you to experience here when you're at Northern Hills. That's what we're trying to build. I actually had an experience of this from a little different angle recently. About a month ago, we had this prayer and worship night at the church. This awesome night with all these people coming, filled up the room, people seeking God, praying with passion. It was amazing. Now, if you weren't there, there was a moment in that night where we actually had some people from our church lead the congregation in prayer. And you need to know, the only litmus test for this whole thing was they got to bring it with the prayer, right? We don't want no lame sauce prayers up here. We want the real deal on the stage. That was the litmus test. So when we were talking to the staff and other people, like, who, who should we get up here? So we're like, okay, first, we got to get Edgar up there, man. That guy's just on fire for Jesus. Got to get that guy up there. He's got a passion. There's some ministry in that guy. I know it. So let's give him an opportunity. Then we're like, well, Katie, man, she brings it. She's on our prayer team. We know her passion. She is just in this stuff every week. And we're like, well, man, Merv, that dude is just on it, man. His family's amazing. We know he's going to make it happen happen. And then we're like, it wouldn't be a prayer night without getting Monica up there, the leader of our prayer team itself, leading this whole thing. And again, if you were there, you would know this was an amazing moment in our church. People were just getting after it, working. And there was even a moment, Edgar's bilingual. He starts praying in Spanish and everybody's just clapping and cheering. And I'm like, none of you all know what he's even saying. You don't speak Spanish. Everybody's getting all excited. We don't know what he was saying, but I'm sure it was great. There's a verse at the end of the Bible in Revelation that actually gives a glimpse of the kingdom of heaven when God restores all creation, all humanity, where everything is moving towards. And we get a glimpse of heaven itself. It says this in Revelation 7, 9, I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne. You need to know God's vision, what he is building, his dream that is going to become a reality is a community of people that is beyond every language, skin color, cultural, coming together in powerful unity, worshiping Jesus. And it just so happened that these people we invited on our stage, again, our only litmus test was, can they pray? Do they got game? And I was actually in the back of the stage when this was happening. And I'm looking, I'm like, huh, we got a Hispanic dude, white lady, African-American guy, and a Hispanic woman. I just had this moment where I'm like, this is a glimpse of the future of our church right here. It really is. It's people from all walks of life, every background, every ethnicity, male, female, rich, poor, young, old, light skin, dark skin, worshiping God in powerful, beautiful, supernatural unity. It is a picture of heaven, everybody. It's a glimpse of what God is doing. We have an opportunity, everybody as a church, to be a witness of supernatural unity that defies all categories in our world. To be an actual glimpse of heaven itself. And you need to know, 
that when people see this unbelievable unity in the face of all kinds of diversity, they're going to see that this can only happen by the power of God. This is something that transcends anything else we see in our culture. And God is going to use Northern Hills as a supernatural witness of the family of God itself. That is a dream we have as a church. A beautiful family. There's one other dream we feel stirring right now in this season. We believe God is stirring a dream for a church that is hungry for more. Paul writes a letter in the first century, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. It says, now to him, we're talking about God, who is able to do immeasurably, what's the word? More than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now, some of us might remember a few decades back, the old Steve Jobs days. You remember Steve Jobs, the founder of Apple, when he was leading this, this super innovative guy. If you ever watched any of like his product launch stuff, he would always have this thing at the end of his pre presentations where he'd say, oh, and one more thing. And then he would announce some amazing, world-changing, unbelievable just innovation that would completely change the face of the world forever. And so he introduced smartphones and FaceTime and the music stuff and all of these things. And now that he's gone, all we do is pay $1,000 for a new generation of phone that does the same exact thing. All right, that's where we're at right now. I mean, truly, he, he was a force of nature. But he was just one man. Think about God. He doesn't just announce some new product feature from time to time. He has the power to forgive sin to bring healing, to raise the dead back from life and restore and renew creation itself. There is no limit to his capacity. There's nothing outside of his abilities. His power literally goes beyond the limits of our imagination. And you need to know this year, just know, stepped into this role with a little bit of fear and trembling because you don't know if you're going to kill a church when you join it, you know, and come on staff. And God has exceeded expectations in so many ways. I mean, the baptisms we've seen, the growth we've seen, the outpouring of generosity to see this Hills Academy initiative become a reality, the new staff that have been able to come out that God has blessed us with. And it's only September, everybody. He has exceeded so many of our expectations. I'm so grateful. I am so grateful. But I want to let you guys know, on my prayer times, especially in the last couple of weeks, I do my little prayer walks with God. And the theme of a lot of my prayers has been, God, Thank you so much. I'm so grateful. This is amazing. But I want more. I want more. I want you to do things beyond our ability to ask or imagine. I want to see your glory and power in ways we have never experienced before. I want people we never would have expected to have their lives completely transformed by Jesus. I want to see revival in our state, God. I want to see total transformation in our world. And I want you to use our church to be a part of that. That is what I have been praying to God over these weeks. I want more, God. I want more. I have a genuine question for you. Do you really want more? 
Do you really want more? Do you really want to experience more of the power, presence, and purpose of God in your life? Are you actually hungry for it? Do you have an appetite for this? Do the size of your asks match the size of who you're asking? What are you asking God for? Do you really want more? Jesus said something that I think relates to this whole idea. This is a challenge for us. He says in Matthew 16, 25, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. He is speaking to a struggle we all have on some level, which is to grasp at our own lives and try to force the outcomes in the way we want them to happen. To force our own dreams and expectations for what our life should look like. I call this a spiritual scarcity mindset. So many of us in this room and online, you want Jesus. You do. You're like, yes, give me Jesus. But you don't want to give him all of you. There are parts of your life that are still held at arm's length. And you're still clinging onto those things, trying to save them and make them what you want them to be. And what happens then is you become stingy with God. And you place limits on his ability to work in your life and make his dreams for you come about. And Jesus says, you try to do this, you manufacture your own sense of comfort and security and success, you're going to lose. You will miss out on what he has for you. But... If you want more, you want more of God, you want more of his reality and presence and power in your life, Jesus says, you're going to have to lose it. When you truly lay your life down to God, you need to know it feels like a loss at first. Anybody who's been on this journey, you know, it, it is a massive act of faith to truly lay your life down to Jesus himself. And yet Jesus says, the moment you do that, you are stepping into discovering the very life God has dreamed up for you. You need to know God has dreams for you. He has plans for your life. He has purposes he wants you to experience. Some of you, you need to let go today. You need to lose your life. And Jesus promises, there you will find it. So I'm asking some of you to make a decision today. This is a real moment for us. We're about to head into the fall. We are moving as a church. You need to decide. Do I just want to be a typical church attender? Do I just want to go through the spiritual motions do I just want this much of Jesus in my life? Or do I really want more? Do I really want more than I could ask or even imagine of what God can do in my life? Do I really want to see his dreams come to fruition in and through me? I want to make you a guarantee if enough of us in this church will make that our heart, our hunger, I'm telling you, God will do beyond anything you could have ever asked for, imagine, in your own life and in this community. That is my promise. That is a guarantee from Jesus himself. You have to decide today, though, you want more. Now, church, 
had a special moment with a new couple that actually came into our church this year. They sent Nicole and I this text. And it was super encouraging. Really appreciated it. But at one point, the woman, she texted this verse to us. Isaiah 43, 19. And this is God speaking. He says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And this woman, she texted, she said, Brian, this is just what I see God doing in Northern Hills. I perceive this. I sense it. And I just love the language in this verse, this wilderness and wasteland. You know, we've talked about Colorado, how there's some hard spiritual soil in our state. This ain't exactly the place where everybody wants to go to church. I mean, you got 300 plus days of sunshine. There's a lot of things you could be doing on a Sunday morning than sitting in this room. It ain't exactly a spiritual place in that sense. Not super Christian. We live in a literal and spiritual desert, everybody. That's where we live. And yet, what does God say? I am making a way. He's making a way. In the hardest places, in the deserts, in the wilderness, in the wasteland. He says, I'm going to send streams. These are streams of living water, the very presence of God, the love of Jesus flowing into the world. I'm just wondering, do you guys perceive what God is doing? Do you perceive it? Do you sense it? Do you feel it? Do you want it in your own life? Because I really believe at this moment, God is challenging us as a church. He's saying, I want this church to send out streams of living water into Colorado and beyond. I want to bring my life and my power and my presence through you to transform this world forever. You need to know today, God has dreams for your life. He's got dreams for this church. Let's step forward in faith and see these dreams become reality. Can I hear a good amen? Amen, Northern Hills. Will you all pray with me? Jesus, we worship you today. You have been so faithful this year so far. To think we're eight months in, God, the favor you've given, the outpouring, the people, the family you were building here, God, we are just so grateful. I pray now, Lord, that you truly would use us to raise up this next generation in power and favor, that your hand would be all over all of our efforts to equip and empower these kids. Lord, I pray that the fire for the lost and those who don't yet know Jesus would burn hot in our hearts and our souls. Lord, keep that fire going, stir it in us. Let us be a church that goes. Lord, continue to let your supernatural love flow in this church. I pray we would be an unbelievable witness to the unity of diversity in your family, that we could be a very picture of heaven on earth itself through this community, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing in that. But we ask now, Lord, we are asking for more. We are hungry for it. You promise to do more than we could ask or imagine, God. I'm, I'm calling you out on your word right now, Lord. You promise it. Lord, we are asking for revival in our state. We are asking for renewal to happen. We are asking for the lost to be found, for healing, for true eternal hope to come to bear through our church, streams of living water. So Lord, please stir these dreams in our hearts. 
I pray that they would become reality and that it would all be for your glory. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Everybody said, amen, amen. I'm so excited. There's still a lot of year left. There's still a lot of things to dream and get excited about. But God is making a way. He's making a powerful way. And I just want to let you guys know, next week, we are officially hitting our fall season. We are starting a series called Relationship Reset. We are talking all things marriage, dating, sex, singleness, all of the things. And I'm telling you, this is going to be fun. We're going to have fun with this thing. It's going to be good. I don't care what season of life you're in. We really want to give a biblical vision of what it really looks like to live out what God has for us in whatever relationship you have. So come back next week as we start the series. Great series to bring people. It's just going to be super helpful and practical in so many ways. And I hope you guys will join us. But let's stand. Let's sing about, again, the power of our God and his hand of favor as we get ready to close today. Let's sing this out together. Thanks for tuning in to this week's message. If you would like to learn more about Northern Hills, you can go to nhills.org. You can also follow us online on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram for more updates and events. We look forward to seeing you next week.